heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Tuesday, October the twenty fourth edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, as always, Travis Wingfield. And I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, the Tuesday Stat Show, we dive into some of the stats from the win over the New York Jets on Sunday, update you on where the Dolphins' seasonal numbers rank, as well as a brief discussion on where Adam Gaze ranks among his peers. And lastly, we'll talk about Cameron Wake and where he's starting to fall in terms of his place in Dolphins history, a really storied career to this point. We'll get to that here at the end of the show. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead, drop us a five-star rating, write us a nice little review. You know the subscriptions, ratings, reviews are how podcasts are judged. The more we get, the higher we go up the iTunes chart, and the more... It benefits everybody involved with the show. Also, don't forget to check out the Lockdown Sports family of podcasts, including the Lockdown NFL podcast and Lockdown Heat podcast for local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Fins and check out LockdownDolphins.com right now where there are tons of commentary pieces coming out. Every Sunday, I'll be posting a Nuggets that gives you stats and information from the game. So if you don't have a chance to check out the podcast, you can go ahead and read it there on the print site there at Lockdown Dolphins. Also today, a piece about Devon Godshaw and where he grew up and how he came from a pretty tough upbringing and became an NFL player and, and a pretty good one at that. So check all that stuff out. And don't forget to check out ProFootballFocus.com for the latest in NFL player grades, snap counts, positional ranks for you fantasy guys, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and all kinds of charts, NFL draft cards with PFF profiles and college stats, team and player pages featuring PFF stats. The PFF Miami site is terrific for anyone interested in Dolphins football. For your chance to win a free PFF Edge subscription, it's a $40 value for a PFF Edge subscription. Just go ahead and write a review on the podcast on Apple Podcasts for the iTunes section. And just leave a review with your Twitter handle in there, and you just might win a free PFF Edge subscription. That's profootballfocus.com and at PFF underscore Miami on Twitter. All right, and as you guys know, this is the Tuesday statistical recap episode of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. And I'm going to throw a stat at you here that I haven't talked about before. Just something interesting I saw from profootballreference.com. And they do their win probability you know, chart throughout the course of the game. Every single play alters how much what the odds are of the team or particular team winning the game and losing. So the Dolphins start off the game with a 57% chance of winning the game. So they were favorites in the game, obviously. That dips as low as 2.1% at the start of the fourth quarter. If you recall, they had the 14-point uh, deficit at that point and were, getting rid of the, or were just getting ready to punt the football back to the Jets. So a really impressive comeback on the Dolphins' part there to make that happen, You know, making a 2% chance become a reality and beating the Jets 31-28. And they did so with by far their best offensive production from the season or for the season, as well as the best production from the quarterback position. Matt Moore threw five passes that resulted in 20 plus yard gains. And it took Jay Cutler 
five games to get to that mark with the Dolphins this year. So Matt Moore in one quarter of play, or I guess one and a half quarters of play, gets the same mark as Jay Cutler in five games as well. It says two touchdown passes in the one quarter, one and a half quarters for Matt Moore. Match Jay Cutler's total through the first three games of the season. So a big spike in production from the offense and the passing game in particular. And for as many people as I've seen say that the Dolphins got lucky in this game, they really didn't. They really outperformed the Jets for the most part throughout the course of the game. The Jets had a couple of big plays and, and breakdowns in coverage or in the screen game or those missed tackles on that one Matt Forte big screen play. The Dolphins had 25 first downs to the Jets 16. That's a lot more. And you know, nine more first downs in a game, is, it, that's, that's significant. From a total yardage standpoint, 357 to 272. So again, outgained them there. The Jets had two fumbles and lost one. Two turnovers total. The Dolphins had two turnovers themselves as well. 12 penalties for the Jets, 9 for the Dolphins. Jets go 124 yards on penalties. Dolphins go 76 yards on penalties. Dolphins are 5 for 13 on third down, so, you know, getting better again. Jets just go 4 for 11, so the Dolphins' third down defense remains one of the best in the in the NFL. And time on possession, Dolphins go 31 minutes, 58 seconds, to the Jets' 28 minutes and 2 seconds. Now, from a passing standpoint, Jay Cutler had a much better day than he had all season long. He was averaging under five yards per pass coming into the game. On the day, he posted an 8.62 yards per pass, a very impressive number for any quarterback, only to be outdone by Matt Moore's 8.95 yards per pass. He was putting up deep. He was hitting the big plays. Some third down conversions on Matt Moore. Five of those, the Dolphins went five for 13 on third down. Three of those came from Matt Moore. He was three for seven on the day, which means Jay Cutler was just two for six. So, Matt Moore pretty much better in every as- in every aspect. He took one less sack. They had the same. They both had an interception. Quarterback rating was pretty similar, both over 100. So good quarterbacking from the Dolphins. Get the better the better version later in the game from Matt Moore. The backup comes off the bench and provides everybody with what they wanted to see in the game. Now we talked a little bit about the receiving stats in yesterday's show, and I, I my mistake for doing that. This is the stat show, and I want to talk about it again and talk about yards per target as well as catch percentage. To me, those are the most important things a receiver can do. How often are you getting open? How often are you catching the ball when it's there? And how many yards are you making per time that you get the ball targeted in your direction? Jarvis Landry, I thought, had his best game of the season. He goes for 93 yards on 11 targets. That's an 8.45 yards per target, a very respectable number. Kenny Stills goes for 85 yards on six catches on nine targets, and that puts him at 9.44 on the day. So very productive days from the Dolphins' two top receivers. Julius Thomas even gets into the act with 58 yards on four targets. For a whopping fifth, or excuse me, for a whopping 14 yards per target. So a huge day for Julius Thomas from that standpoint. And Leontay Carew gets one target and 21 yards there himself. So everyone kind of jumping into the fold in this game. Anthony Fasano got into the mix with some catches. Damian Williams had three targets for 18 yards, so six yards per target for him out of the backfield. Jay Ajayi, they tried getting him the football a little bit. He catches three passes out of four targets for 26 yards, so he gives you six yards per target. So the running backs in that same range, tight ends normally in that same range, even though Julius Thomas goes above and beyond, and the receivers go well above what they had been putting up so far this season so a good day for the Dolphins passing game all around now where it wasn't good was the running game and we know this already JJ's long run on the day was 11 yards he had 51 yards on 23 carries it's just it's not working out for him and I think the offensive line is what we can really look to here and and blame for his lack of success I mean they just didn't get any push all day the interior guards were really bad the tackles had bad games as well and if you look at his splits based on where the balls where the runs went and what was productive Going off of Laramie Tunzel's side, I talked about how Tunzel had a rough day at the point of attack, and obviously left guard Anthony Steen had a rough day as well. Well, JJ had five carries that were either off left tackle or off left end. So going to that left side, 
on his five carries, he only gets four yards, so less than a yard per carry off the left side. Off the left guard, Anthony Steen had the bad day. That's actually one of his most productive spots on the field. Four carries for 15 yards. Up the middle, three for 11. Off right guard, three for 14. So Jermon Bushrod, who I had pretty much roasted earlier, has a, you know, it's not a good day, but it's the most effective in terms of what the Dolphins are able to do. And then off right tackle, seven carries for two yards. So just an abysmal day for the Dolphins rushing game. Less than two yards per carry there, and uh, it just never got going for him. And then looking at the team from a drive standpoint, one of my favorite things to do, they had 13 drives on the day, four touchdown drives, two interception drives, one, two, three, four, five, six punts. So pretty well-balanced day for the offense. They moved the ball efficiently. They had a 10-play drive for five five minutes, 11 seconds. But Matt Moore comes into the game, and his two touchdown drives go four minutes, a minute, 27, or four plays, a minute, 27, six plays, three minutes, 25 seconds. They just moved the ball efficiently. They were on target on the third down, really kept the chains moving. They had just one three and out on the day. That's Jay Cutler's second drive of the game after the touchdown, a three-play, negative 11-yard drive. And then another drive that was two plays for the interception, just two plays, two yards, and, of course, the interception that Cutler threw down around the goal line that led to a Jets touchdown. But the 31 points on 13 possessions is good for 2.38 points per drive, which is above the league average, which, as you guys know, was not the case pretty much any game uh, previous to this one. Dolphins' best offensive output again, and the numbers are really showing up and, and, and improving that point for the Dolphins' offense. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. By singing dog. By goal. I pronounce you. By wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. This is the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, at Wingfield NFL, at Locked On Fins on Twitter. And we are going to jump right back into the snap counts here for the day for the Dolphins offense and defense here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. All right, and speaking of those offensive snap counts for the Dolphins offensive line, they had two guys play the entire game, Jermon Bushrod and Anthony Steen, which is kind of strange in the sense that both those guys had you know bad days and have had bad seasons. They play the entire game. Jawan James misses one snap. Jesse Davis filling for him, actually gets Jay Cutler knocked out, <laughs> cracks his ribs, so I don't know how you want to view that, but as one snap he comes out, Davis comes in and gets his quarterback hurt. Mike Pouncey missed just one snap. He played 72 of the 73 offensive snaps in this game. Larry Mutunza only played 41 snaps. Now, you knew he came out with a knee injury. I even tweeted out that the game was over after he went out. Dolphins down by 14. Jesse Davis at left tackle I thought was a nightmare waiting to happen. It didn't turn out that way. He played okay in, in reserve. They had a couple of bad plays, but for the most part, he got the job done as the sixth lineman off the bench. He gives you 33 snaps. It's 45% of the game snaps, and he plays at right tackle as well as left tackle. So good on Jesse Davis for having the ability to play basically four positions on the offensive line and coming in and, and helping the Dolphins get a comeback win. We mentioned the quarterback change after Jay Cutler gets hurt. They go almost evenly split. Jay Cutler, 37 reps. Matt Moore, 36 reps in the backfield. The, the line share once again goes to Jay Ajayi with 51 of the offensive snaps. That's 70% on the day. Running back Damian Williams gets 22 snaps. That's 30%. And Kenyon Drake remains on the milk carton. Zero offensive snaps for him in this game. 
The receivers was pretty well documented what was going to happen with those two guys. With Devontae Parker out, it really limits their ability to make changes and, and kind of get different formations out there. Kenny Stills goes 72 out of the 73 plays, so 99% for him. Jarvis Landry goes 70 reps, so that's 96% for him. Leonte Crew actually gets 50 reps, 68% of the offensive snaps. And Jakeem Grant got himself eight snaps with 11% of the offensive snaps. At tight end, we've been talking more and more about Anthony Fasano and Marquise Gray. Julius Thomas still getting his reps, though. However, he hits 39 reps in this game for 53%. But Anthony Fasano gets 45 reps. That's six more than Thomas, 62% of the reps on offense. So they're working him into the game plan much more often. He catches a touchdown in the game, has some nice run blocks. And then Marquise Gray gets seven reps. That's 10% of the offensive snaps. So offense pretty well balanced amongst the tight ends. Running back still going to J.H.I. Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills out there all the time. And then the tackle, Jesse Davis, cutting off the bench to get 33 snaps in the game. Oh, and before I get, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Ray Maluga. He gets one offensive snap in the game at fullback, converts a third and one to J.H.I.E. So good on Ray Maluga for getting in there and hitting somebody and making a first down. On defense, he goes 24 snaps out of the 56. That's a 43% mark. Not bad for a guy that was talking about being way too out of shape to play football three weeks ago. His fellow linebacker compadres, Kiko Alonso, Lawrence Timmons, both played all 56 reps for 100%. Rashad Jones in that camp as well at 56 reps. Nate Allen gets 55 reps. Xavier Howard, 55. Cordray Tankersley, also 55. And Indomitian Sue, a defensive lineman, 53 of the 56 reps. That is 95% for a defensive lineman. That is unheard of. Being around 80 is impressive for a defensive lineman. So Ndamukong Sue continuing to get work, continuing to do great things. Cam Wake and his 32 reps. We're going to talk about him later in the show. 32 reps on the day, getting pressure in a crazy amount of time. Two and a half sacks in the game, just wrecking things for the Jets. Charles Harris gets 34 snaps. That's 61%. More than Cam Wake, more than William Hayes, more than Andre Branch. Andre Branch actually left the game. He only gets 18 reps on the day. Will Hayes. 27 reps. That's about half of them. And defensive tackle Jordan Phillips gets 30 reps. That's 54%. And then Devon Godshaw gets 24 reps. That's 43%. So a good rotation there. They actually deactivated Vincent Taylor this game to get Stephon Anthony onto the field or into the active lineup. He doesn't ever see the field. Chase Allen, linebacker, does get one snap on the day coming in for Ray Maluga there. Terrence Fidey gets himself seven reps on the day. That's his biggest output of the season because of the Andrea Branch injury. And then the slot corner, Bobby McCain, with the game-winning interception, he gets himself 32 reps. That's 57% of the total snap count. So it's pretty much the same common plays you expect from him every single Sunday. So those are the snap counts for the game. Let's talk about the Dolphins' Season totals for now in terms of their NFL ranks on defense. The passing yards per game is way down. It's only at 225.8. They are 17th best in the NFL, which you can get by with when your run defense ranks number five in the NFL. And they are doing that at 82.3 yards per game. Another good job for the Dolphins defense outside of a couple of plays in the running game in this one. And then, of course, the all-important scoring defense stat, which the Dolphins fall back a little bit in this game, or because of this game, down to 8th best in the NFL. Actually, they're tied for 6th, I should say, with the Chargers and Bengals at 18.7 points per game. So right on the verge of top 5 once again. Dolphins defense continues to carry this team. They had a little bit of a step back in this game. The offense picks them up and carries them to win, which they more than deserved in this case after the first 5 games of the season. The offensive ranks for the season... The passing offense actually crawls out of the basement. They are up to 180 yards per game, which is 30th in the NFL, opposed to 32nd, climbing over the Chicago Bears and Baltimore Ravens, who are down at 158 and 157 per game, so 22 yards better 
than the next worst team on the list for the Dolphins pass offense. A good figure there to look at. The rushing offense is having a rough time coming along. They are fourth worst in the NFL. That's 29th in the NFL at 81.7 yards per game. And then the scoring offense has improved with the 31 points. No longer last in the NFL at 15.3 points per game. They are 31st in the NFL above the Cleveland Browns. I talked at the opening of the show about wanting to talk about Adam Gaze a little bit, and I just wanted to kind of expand on stats that I saw from a tweet yesterday talking about his comparison and his record against some of the other coaches that were hired in 2016. There was Adam Gaze, Mike Malarkey, Doug Peterson, Ben McAdoo, Dirk Cutter, and Hugh Jackson. So six NFL coaches come into the league in the same year. Adam Gaze tops that list at 14 and 8. It's a 636 win percentage. Mike Malarkey is 13 and 10. That's 565. So Adam Gaze is about 80 points higher on winning percentage and the second best coach out of that class. Doug Peterson is 12 and 10. Ben McAdoo, 12 and 11. Dirk Cutter, 11 and 11. So a lot of mediocrity in there. Adam Gaze, the only one really escaping that. And I guess Mike Malarkey to a certain extent as well. And then Hugh Jackson, one of the guys the Dolphins were considering hiring alongside Adam Gaze, or instead of Adam Gaze, I should say, is 1-22. and 22. Can't figure out who's going to play at quarterback. So just consider how lucky the Dolphins got in this chase for, for coaches and how in the past they've always gotten spurned by guys, whether it was Jim Harbaugh, Jeff Fisher, <laughs> which they dodged a bolt on there, and ended up getting Joe Philbin, so I don't really know how much of a bolt that was they dodged. But just how nice it is the Dolphins finally make a hire that looks better than everyone else's for the first time that I can really recall in my fandom. All right, and in the title segment here of this episode, talking about Cameron Wake, and I just wanted to get some recognition for the guy that has just been amazing for this team for so long. He comes into this game and has, he after this game, he now has a 17.1 pass rush productivity stat on pro football focus at his best in the NFL. It is 1.2% higher than Von Miller and it is 2.1% better than Khalil Mack's 2016 season, which earned him an all pro honor at defensive end and linebacker position. So Cam Wake outperforming the entire world right now. And what that pass rush productivity stat means is it is hurries, hits, and sacks. So total pressures divided by pass rush snaps. No one gets to the quarterback more frequently than Cameron Wake. Just the best bang for your buck in the NFL. Most pass rushers that cause that much havoc cost you anywhere from 12 to $15 million a year. Cam Wake consistently makes around $8, $9 million a year. Has been a phenomenal pass rusher for the Dolphins for almost a decade. He's 35 years old. He comes into the league at 27 as a part-time player. He averages 10 sacks a year despite missing nine games in 2015. Spending all of 2009 as a role player behind Joey Porter and Jason Taylor. So my question on Twitter was, where does Cam Wake rank on your Mount Rushmore of Miami Dolphins? If there's four guys on the Dolphins' Mount Rushmore, is he on there and why? So I put the question up on Twitter asking where he ranks on your Dolphins' Mount Rushmore and if he's going to the Hall of Fame and what he needs to do if he is not going to the Hall of Fame. And the Dolphins fans responded resoundingly that he belongs in the Hall of Fame. About 74% of the votes say he's already in the Hall of Fame today. I think it'll be tough to see what happens in terms of the voting and the circumstances around his career. He came from the Canadian Football League, obviously. But Dolphins fans also vehemently put him in their Mount Rushmore on the top four. You obviously have Don Shula. You obviously have Dan Marino. I think number three and number four can be a lot of different things for a lot of different people. For me, I'd probably go with Jason Taylor and then someone like Zach Thomas, I suppose, would be number four for me. I'm a younger fan. But Cam Wake, for me, is probably taking over Zach Thomas for that fourth spot in the Dolphins fans' responded in a strong way talking about how much they appreciated him for all his efforts he's just been a phenomenal player for so long for this team really is the heartbeat of this team and just nice to see the people on twitter feel the same way 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and check out the other Locked On Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at WingfieldNFL. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com for pieces about the Sunday game. Devon Godshaw, Leonte Carew, Adam Gage, Charles Harris, the entire defense, plenty and plenty of stuff on there for you guys each and every day. Be back tomorrow with another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.